Najib Razak wrote the cheques. He had to know that there were funds in his accounts, the first witness of the day said. Unless money grew on trees, the prosecutor questioning her quipped. But money doesn't grow on trees. And we heard again today how bankers and businessmen made it possible for Najib to spend far beyond his means, all to save the former Prime Minister from the embarrassment of having his cheques bounced and credit cards declined. Najib, on the other hand, was not as oblivious as he had all along claimed to be, according to the testimony of the second witness. By the Malaysian Insight, this is The People vs. Najib Razak. Follow us into the courtroom where it all happens. I'm Patrick Teo. Najib arrived at the KL High Court wearing a black suit with a purple tie and accompanied by his aides. After pausing to shake hands with the few usual supporters at the porch, the former PM went straight up to the fifth floor courtroom. Day 48 of the SRC International Trial started promptly at 10 past 9, with former Ambank Relationship Manager Joanna Yu on the witness stand for the eighth day. Havindajit, or Harvey, picked up his cross-examination from yesterday. He began by suggesting a few conclusions he had drawn based on the past few days of questioning Joanna. One conclusion Harvey made was that Joe Lowe had prevented Najib's checks from bouncing so that the former PM would be assured that there was enough balance in his bank accounts. Jolo wanted to make sure Najib did not know the real balance in his accounts so that he could continue issuing more checks. Yvonne will tell us more about the exchange between Joanna and Harvey. Harvey brought up how Joe had prevented Najib's credit card statements from being sent to the former PM's house. The lawyer said that without the statements, the former PM couldn't have known that his accounts were overdrawn. He asked Joanna if she agreed that Jolo was dishonest. Joanna started to answer that in her dealings with Joe, he did not come across as dishonest. Harvey cut her off and started to combatively bring up other instances when Joe's actions had seemed questionable. At this, Prosecutor Sitambaram stood up and demanded for Harvey to stop intimidating Joanna. She was being cooperative, Sitam protested. Harvey apologised, saying, Sorry, maybe I just look scary. Sitam countered, No, it's your voice and sound. Even I could be intimidated, the prosecutor remarked. Back to the question, Joanna said she didn't know if Joe was dishonest, but there were a few things he told her that were not true. While all this was happening, Najib in the dock was seen sitting bent over, with his elbows on his knees, scrolling and reading something on his phone. After a few questions by lead counsel Shafi Abdullah, Joanna's cross-examination by the defence finally ended. Sitam began his re-examination by asking the witness to total up the credit and debit amounts to and from Najib's three Ambank accounts between 2013 and 2015. The total amount for the three accounts, 898, 906 and 880, came up to 606.51 million ringgit.
Sitam asked Joanna if any of the money had gone to Joe Lowe. The witness said, based on the accounts, no. She also denied ever taking any of the money for herself. Sitam asked Joanna whether Najib ever checked with the bank how he was able to spend 600 million ringgit when he only had 200 million ringgit in his accounts. No, Joanna said. He never asked. We had heard from the witness over the past few days how Joe Lowe had sourced for funds to top up Najib's accounts when they were overdrawn. Then the prosecutor asked if it was possible that Najib did not know that this money was in his account. Joanna replied if he wrote the cheques, he would know that there were funds. Unless money grew on trees, Sitam quipped. Joanna told the court that if Jolo had not been there to top up the accounts, Najib's cheques would have bounced. She said it would have been embarrassing to have the Prime Minister's credit cards or cheques declined. The prosecutor then brought up Blackberry chats between Joanna and Joe. Here's Yvonne again. In one conversation, Joe texted Joanna to tell her, Boss said he wrote a big cheque. Joanna confirmed that Boss referred to Najib. In another chat, Joanna texted the businessman to check if Najib had indeed charged his credit cards 24 times in Italy. They had been charged so many times in one day, she thought they had been stolen. The bank had also flagged it, asking to confirm the 3.3 million ringgit spent using the said credit cards in Italy. Joe texted Joanna to say that Najib was indeed in Italy at the time. We later found out that he spent the money to buy jewellery for some unnamed royal. Sitam then moved on to talk about Nick Faisal, who was SRC's CEO and seen in the company as Najib's proxy. Joanna confirmed that while Nick, as mandate holder for Najib's accounts, had facilitated inter-account transfers, he wasn't able to actually take money out of the accounts. In the chat transcripts, Najib had been referred to as MNR, which Joanna said stood for Muhammad Najib Razak. He was also referred to as Optimus Prime, as in Prime Minister, get it? If you're not sure who Optimus Prime is, he's the benevolent leader of the Autobots, the good guys in the Transformers cartoon series. Joanna was finally released from the stand. The next witness was Ahmad Husni Mohammad Hanatsla. He was the second finance minister when Najib was himself finance minister. The 67-year-old Husni wore a head full of white hair and a black suit paired with a bright red tie. He served as finance minister too for seven years, from 2009 when Najib appointed him until 2016 when he resigned. Reading slowly and carefully from his prepared statement, Husni said he met Najib in 2009 and told the former PM that a feasibility study needed to be carried out before forming one MDB. A study like that would normally take up to 10 years. Najib had responded saying, I know what I'm doing. Later, Husni voiced his opposition to the Petro-Saudi one MDB deal. He had told Najib that 1MDB did not have expertise in oil and gas. The former PM had said to him, From this day on, 
do not get involved in 1MDB. Husni told the court that he got to know about SRC's application for the first 2 billion ringgit loan from KWAP through former minister in the Prime Minister's office, Noor Mohammad Yaqob. Najib had told him the purpose for the loan was to buy coal in Indonesia to meet Malaysia's energy needs. Husni didn't buy it, and since he wasn't given any documents regarding the matter, he decided to go to Indonesia himself to check out the claims. But the visit never happened. He also wanted to go to Switzerland to find out more about the SRC money that was frozen there. But Najib didn't allow it. Now, speaking off the cuff, Husni appeared to be getting more and more agitated as he talked about his experience as finance minister too. Yvonne, can you tell us more? Husni was clearly disgruntled and did not mince his words. He said that there were autocratic elements in SRC that he had been blocked out of. As Finance Minister too, he said, it was his duty to routinely meet with the central bank governor, Bursa chairman and other finance industry captains. But he could not meet with SRC officers. They told him, we report to the other finance minister. He said that even though he was a finance minister himself, he felt like an office boy when it came to SRC and 1MDB. When asked by the prosecutor to identify Najib in the courtroom, Husni rudely pointed to the former PM and said, There, that one at the back. Yes, I recognize him. He's always smiling. True enough, Najib, who had been staring at Husni from the dock, smiled in response. Najib's lawyer, Shafi, stood up and asked the judge for an early adjournment because Husni was testifying, quote, almost like an angry man, unquote. The defense has been taken by surprise and needed time to confer with Najib about how they should carry out their cross-examination, Shafi said. Speed is the biggest enemy of justice, the lawyer remarked, saying that preparation would shorten the defense's cross-examination of Husni. The judge allowed this and proceedings were adjourned. The trial will resume on Thursday at 9am as lawyers have some matters to attend to at the federal court tomorrow. This podcast is produced, written and mixed by Rivati Supermaniam, Yappe Kwan, Yvonne Lim and Ravin Palanisami. Additional reporting by Timothy Acharyam. I'm Patrick Teo.